0: Welcome back uh, to DPM Radio. Uh, these are your hosts, uh, Derek
1: and Josh
0: and Jer. And uh, today we're continuing, as you can tell, our series on the Casper Cripps uh, program called uh, Tales from the Crip. Um, today uh, we've already covered kind of what what to expect leading up to Cripps. Uh, today we're going to be focusing in on the interview itself. Uh, once you're in the hot seat, once you're sitting there in front of all these uh, other doctors and residents, kind of what kind of questions you're going to be asked, types of interviews, um, common academic, uh, social questions, um, and how to respond
2: to them.
1: Yeah, really, just the the uh, overall experience that you have of uh, when you're in the in the chair, waiting outside from when you step in. Different kinds of interviews that you'll experience, different uh, questions you might be asked, and kind of how to answer them. I think we're going to try to give you more strategies than anything. Again, like we've talked about before, this isn't uh, strict pass or fail type exercise it's more how you answer them than what you answer with Um, because a lot of people know the answers to these questions yeah
0: and a lot of times the questions aren't even just to test your knowledge it's to literally put you on the spot and see how you respond to stress see how you answer you know
1: yeah don't don't ever take that for granted what what they want to see how they uh, how the applicant responds some type of stressful situation and we'll dive into that when we uh, talk about the different uh, interview types here yeah so
0: so some basic basic interview types that we've all encountered uh, at Crips was uh, interviews where you walk in and essentially all the questions are random and it's just rapid-fire and it's it's probably one of the more intense type of interviews where, you know, they already have a list of questions of varying subjects, and they literally just go down the list and just ask you, you know, you basically, the, the reason they do these types of interviews is to see how fast you can think on your feet and kind of, you know, test your, your knowledge in multiple different subjects and areas.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rapid-fire questions is one of the harder types that we have. Um, you'll also have case studies uh, where they come in and they basically want you to be the doctor, be the resident. Uh, a lot of times they'll tell you, Okay, I'm the attending, here's your case, go. And then tell me what you want, step by step. Yeah, how are you going to work this patient up? Exactly.
0: What x-rays you're going to order, labs, imaging, um, surgery, what you want to do, um, if it's a surgical patient, um, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and in, in each of these scenarios, these could be either in a group, uh, you could be in the room with multiple students. I know Jer has some experience with that, and so does Derek. I, I didn't personally. Um, they could be inter- individual. Um, you could also be doing something during this. I know somebody had to put together components of a external fixator while they were answering rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people had to do other things that were a little more creative. Everyone likes to talk about the RC, uh, the radio yeah, controlled, uh, the drone, drone, and the drone. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. Everybody's got some some wacky little thing that you yeah. know they're trying to put you through the ringer. Um, Right. But think about it. But just in summary, I mean, really
0: the four major types that you should expect are random or rapid fire questions, which is going to basically be test how fast you can think on your feet. Case studies where you work a a patient up, uh, surgical or non-surgical, as if you were a resident or an attending. Uh, Group interviews where they want to see kind of how you interact with your colleagues sitting right next to you. Um, And then ones that have a hand skills or hand skills component where they want to see, you know, how good you are with your hands. Can you, you know, uh, hand tie, can you suture that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. So. Those are the big things, especially with the hand skills. Um, practice your hand ties. Don't forget those. I know it's been a while since we've had to deal with that in surgery class or whatnot. Uh, suturing practice, simples, horizontal mattress, I think are two things that are decent. Um, yeah. Really practice and get comfortable so that you're not fumbling around, you know,
2: Especially work on uh, suturing while being answering questions or talking to the attendings. That's definitely a little more difficult, but uh, they will do that to you.
0: Yeah, you're you're typically not going to just be sitting there throwing symbols. You're going to be doing something with your hands while you're answering questions. I would say probably one of the hardest is a combination of rapid fire and hand skills where yeah. you're having to not only think with your brain, but you also have to do something with your hands at the same time. It's difficult.
1: I was in some places, too, where they just had the stuff on the table. They didn't even ask me to do it. But, yeah, but you knew. But you some knew people, somebody was asking them yeah, to do it. So it's yeah. like, what is this here for? Is this for me? Is this for somebody else? Try and throw you off. Yeah. Um, here, on another note, um, turn your phone off before you go into interviews because I've heard some horror stories of people calling the applicant during their interview. So that mm. they get a little flustered. So turn your phone off or <laughs> leave it in the that's car. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear. Yeah,
0: your, your phone should honestly be on silent the, people, whole, the whole time.
1: People there. will try anything though to get under your skin to see how you, like Derek said, respond under pressure.
0: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, moving moving right along. Um, you know, basically uh, for most interviews, there's going to be two major components of questions that they'll ask you. It's going to be academic or social slash personal questions. Um, we'll start with academic. Um, so, as we kind of already alluded to, this is the pinnacle of your student knowledge. Um, you will only actually unlearn things usually from here. Um, this is this should be the highest point in your career as a student. You should know anatomy cold. Um, a lot of the questions will be about you know anatomy of the foot and ankle um, and how that pertains to surgical patients and things like that. Um, a lot of times this, the case studies, um, they'll like to do sexy cases per se, um, trauma, uh, new and, and, and advanced type of procedures that you may not have seen as a student. They want to know which of the students have actually read up on certain new techniques and, and who knows their stuff um, cold.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, anything anatomy is, is fair game. Uh, you have to know it. That's what we do. We do foot and ankle surgery. Yeah. So if anybody knows this, it's us. And like Derek said, you're, you're only going to get more and more kind of zeroed in as you go through residency. So this needs to be the best uh, of the best for your anatomy knowledge and then just kind of grow from there.
2: And not even new stuff. They'll ask you old stuff from old articles like fixation, how they do this procedure, what's different between, you know, new and old, that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: I really think that in this whole situation, thinking about the, the why you're doing things, it's really hard as being a student um, but think about why you're doing the surgery why would I come at it this way or why would I use this type of fixation it just gives you that extra level and if you have to send us a a question about it feel free we'll we'll answer anything you have um, in regards to that if you don't understand it
0: yeah Um, like, like Jared said too. I mean, classic podiatry surgeries, bunions, hammer toes, um, you know, all that sort of thing. They will ask that as well. Um, so just be, be on the lookout for certain things like that and know how you, how you respond to those.
1: Yeah. So why don't, why don't we stay in the academic questions and maybe go through some that we not, not specific examples, but some things that we saw. Um, what, what did you guys see academically?
0: I would say the majority of my interviews were case study. And out of those, like I said, most of them are trauma or, or sexy type things. Um, I had a couple of TARs, total ankle replacements, um, where they basically were, you know, would show an x-ray and they say, what, what implant is this? Um, so that's probably one of the more difficult things to do to learn those. Um, the trauma was anything from ankle fractures, uh, Liz Frank injuries, um, metatarsal fractures, that sort of thing. Um, as well as, you know, I had a good old, um, you know, lapidus type case study as well. So,
1: yeah. I, and I don't know if it's true anymore, but I know when, I think when we were doing our cycle, melanoma was like huge. I don't know why I it still is. I, maybe, maybe it is just because you don't think about it. You're so worried about thinking about surgery and Bunions, hammer toes, and ankle fractures. It's, it's funny you say that. That was actually the case study at the program I'm at now. That was that was my yeah, case study for was the West melanoma. Side
0: yeah, was, well, was melanoma. Yeah,
1: I mean, I had some, and I was like, kind of taken aback. I was like, oh wait, I didn't, I didn't look at that yeah. so much classification systems and things like that. I mean, you you struggle through it, but it's uh, it's definitely something to think about. Um, big things like also um, things you'll see in clinic. Like my first interview was of uh, PTTD. And it was kind of going through the stages. They, would, they had different uh, variants and kind of seeing what stage they were at. Showed me clinical pictures and gave me a full case scenario. So it, it's applicable stuff. There's also places where you'll just go in and say, okay, I'm going to show you all these pictures and you're going to describe them to me. And you're literally sitting there with the attending and they're click, click, click. What's this? What's this? what's this? Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? Almost like rapid fire case. Yeah. Like a rapid fire case study kind of combo, Mm -hmm. just real brief. And I think we went through like 30 slides or something in the 10 minutes and it was, I mean, it's pretty rigorous, Mm -hmm. you know, and you just got to answer and kind of go with your gut. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, what kind of, was there anything that like stood out to you guys in your interviews academically? I know you said tars that's a big topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people had some PEDS things, definitely study your, your Salter Harris classification on triplanar deformities. Um, that was something I did Di- Diabetic foot infections. Uh, it seems yeah. kind of, uh, you know,
0: common sense, but a lot of times they'll ask you just to work up a diabetic foot infection or gas gangrene or necrotizing fasciitis. I mean, all those are all fair game and good, good case studies to have.
2: Yeah, I had a lot of uh just rapid fire and they were asking actually some medicine questions. So they were talking about multiple myeloma and some things like that. They were asking the mechanism of certain medications like methotrexate. Um, you know, just things you don't really think about, but you know it is important when you get out and practice or even as a resident you need to know some of these things. Yeah,
0: and, and with these academic questions, they're really trying to see that you are starting to think like a resident and not so much as a student anymore. Um so, yeah, that's the, the, that's the difficult. Should have. Yeah,
1: that's really hard is to make that transition. And hopefully uh, we can shed some light on that as, as far as being a resident. You know, it's uh, it's more making a plan for yourself, thinking about why you're doing this. You know, it's not just answering the question because it's not cookie cutter.
0: It's not. And and these, and unfortunately, the rapid-fire ones, I think what makes them hard to prepare for is they're so random and variable that it really is hard to go over every possible rapid-fire question. But these case studies, on the other hand, you know, I mean, I would say 20, 30 different case studies total are possible. I mean... They're, they're all big, big podiatry things that you should just know how to work up from point A to point B and, and so on, you know.
1: Yeah, I would say starting off, definitely forefoot stuff. So anything is fair game. A bunion surgery from incision to fixation and to closure. Radiographic,
0: you know, yeah. measurements and, and yeah. pre-op, you know, what kind of surgeries you want. Um, something I wanted to say before I forget is sometimes they'll show you all this information and they want you to say conservative treatments. They don't want you to say, I want to operate on this person. So don't, don't be fooled into something like that. If they're telling, if they're giving you a bunion case study and you're thinking, I want to do surgery. And all of a sudden by asking questions, you find out the patient has peripheral arterial disease, current everyday smoker and is 70, 80, you should say conservative. Yeah. You should, you know, don't, don't, don't fall for it.
1: Yeah. um, maybe let's talk about that real quick. Just a strategy to go about a case study. I, I think that's a good, good thing to good have. Idea.
0: So, So typically these case studies will start with uh, a picture of the foot or an x-ray. And based off of that, you kind of have to determine where we're going with this. A lot of times they won't really start your case study with, let's do a case study on this bunion or this ankle fracture. Mm-hmm. They'll just say, they'll throw an x-ray up. And and they say read this X-ray. Yeah, what's, they, what's the diagnosis? What's going on here?
1: They'll show you a picture and then kind of kind of want you to expand on the uh, the whole process that you're you're thinking about. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and uh, Jared's bringing out a good point here. You know, when they throw an X-ray up, you know, whether it's a AP or lateral or some other advanced you know image, a lot of times you know it's not bad form or practice to just ask for additional views because a lot of times programs have multiple views and they want you to sit there on that first image and be stumped so it's it's definitely won't hurt you at all it shows that you're thinking about you know the whole thing and you want to see multiple views so that you can form a better diagnosis oh.
1: Also buys you some time, yeah. Too. You and don't worst know what you're worst at. worst case scenario, they say no. This is the only one. Yeah. And then so, you move on, yeah. and that's fine. And but ask questions. Yeah. Like it always starts. You you want to get into a dialogue. Oh, yeah. You, you want to get form into a dialogue with it. Um. But you want to know the history. Sometimes they'll just give you a picture, and you start talking about surgery and what you want to do. And like Derek said, if you didn't do a vascular exam, if you didn't do you know your musculoskeletal and nerve nerve exam, you got to start with all this stuff. It seems trivial. But they want to see that because that's what you're going to be doing in the ER mm-hmm. and in the, the clinic. That's what you're going to be doing is working out these patients. So really sit down. And what I would say is have have a uh, process, right? A little bullet for yourself. Start. If they give you an x-ray or anything else, you ask for more views. Then you go into your physical exam. Whatever that is, it's very quick. You know, vascular studies, uh, dermatology, Neurology, MRI, CT, MRI. depending yeah. on what
0: you're dealing with. Yeah, I mean maybe even something like a nuclear medicine bone scan, you know. But just just be familiar with multiple imaging modalities and when when to order what. Um, you know. Yeah, that's, these that's are very important.
1: These are your tools, right? Those are those things are your tools to to decipher what you're looking at. You know, not every situation are you going to get an MRI, a CT, and everything else under the sun. That's not what they're looking for.
0: No. Right. So, so let's talk real quick. So they throw the, they throw the x-ray up and you have no idea what the problem is. Don't be afraid to sit there for a couple seconds and really look at the image. And this should be, this should all be like muscle memory to you at this point from all of your practice in school, you know, go through every bone they're showing you. Think think about it. Why are they showing me this an- this angle? Am I looking at an ankle film? Am I looking at a foot film? Is this a lateral? What bones can I see on a lateral X ray? You know, think about why they're showing you this particular image. If they're showing you an ankle, it's probably ankle pathology, versus you know foot. Um, so just really really use what they give you, and like I said, you know, always ask for additional views. You'd be surprised how many of them have multiple views that they that they're willing to give you. Um, you know, next step, labs. You know, if if the if the scenario requires some sort of sp- specific labs, like white blood cell count, um, hemoglobin A1C, that sort of thing, know, know the normal values and know what, what you want to order. I mean, again, this all goes back to thinking like a resident and not like a student. You know, In, in the real world, no one's going to tell you what to order. No one's gonna, you, you have to just know what you want based on the scenario.
1: Yeah, it's on you. It's on you in that situation. And you can think about the weird things. I know a lot of people will look up new lab values and procalcitonin. And that's fine. You know, all those other things. That's fine. Like Derek said, if you want, you can maybe impress somebody by saying you're up on the recent literature medicine-wise. But if you don't know it, that's okay. But definitely have something that you can go back to if it's a diabetic foot case. Are you getting ESRs? Are you getting CRPs? And why? Why are you getting them? Which one... Because you answer that question, you're opening yourself up now to saying, okay, which one is longer, which one is shorter, which one's for acute, yeah. you know?
0: And definitely don't, don't talk yourself into a trap, too. Um, a, a great example I had was somebody, somebody uh, with a program that's very heavy on Charcot reconstruction cases went down the rabbit hole as far as talking about Charcot, and, and the residency program followed them down that rabbit hole, and it did not end well for them because they basically bluffed that they knew this thing and they really didn't and you know they ended up looking like a fool
2: I also think it's also important, you know, it's, it's a little beyond the stage right now, but you also want to tell them, oh, I would consult vascular. I would consult this doctor because of this reason, you know. Those are other things to think about that we don't normally think about, like, as a student, but that's something you learn about as a resident. What doctors do I want to consult to bring on to this case? Exactly. Multi-
0: multidisciplinary approach to, to all these cases is, is always going to make you stand out as a student.
1: Yeah, you don't want to just spit out the uh, general prism you know, layout for everything. You're not, you're not regurgitating. You got to think about why you're doing these things. So Mm -hmm. like Jerry said, you know, do you want infectious disease? Do you want vascular? Do you want a neurology console for a nerve entrapment? Certain things like that. Just knowing the next step really.
0: Uh, And then, you know, you kind of have to feel the case study out at this point if it's going to be surgical, which most of them are, just to just to make it a comprehensive case study. Most of these will go to a surg- some sort of surgical outcome. So then just know the surgery well, know kind of little caveats as far as technique and, and kind of what to avoid or what you should be looking for interoperatively. And then and then a, a last good thing is just postoperative care. How, how are you going to go about caring for this patient after the surgery? Um, yeah.
1: Those will all make you stand out really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have the full picture. Of what you're what you're talking about, so in in the academic setting, um, you're taking the knowledge that you have and applying it, right? You're using it in some type of way to get the desired result that the attending and the residents are looking for, and don't be afraid to ask for other things, like they said, if there's more images or more tests. Um, so, think about it and uh, just really take your time, but. We'll we'll go into uh, uh, maybe a little bit more of the social scenarios, which they yeah. can intermix with and, and the if academics.
0: You, if you have questions about the academic stuff, this is this is a perfect time where you can email us. You know, some sort of particular question that maybe you've heard, and and we'd be happy to answer that in one of our final um, episodes in the, in the Tales from the Crypt series. Um, so yeah. yeah, personal and social scenarios. Um, this is a huge one um, because mo- for the most part, most people are going to get through the the academic side fairly okay um most of the time they're fairly even on a lot of that stuff you know the the social stuff people you know it varies pretty heavily and you can certainly tell who who is prepared and prepped these things versus people who who haven't um the two biggest questions by far what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses yeah everybody hates those
1: questions yeah but know? it's it's interview 101 yeah, it 100% is. And you have to think about these. These are ones that you need to, you need to, to write, write
0: these yeah. out and rehearse them and really know what you're going to say. Because I honestly, almost every program I interviewed at asked me at least one of these two questions.
1: And don't feel like you need to have seven different answers for this. If you have a good answer for your strengths, then use it for yeah. everybody. And don't make it, oh, well, I'm too, I'm too, per. you know, I'm too much of a perfectionist. It's not a strength. It's, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm or, a workaholic. I'm a workaholic. I don't know when to yeah. yeah ask for these, help. These are not things they want to hear. Legitimate,
0: genuine weaknesses. Yeah. Um, so, so taking a step back, your strengths. Um, this is really what's going to set you apart. You know at this point don't say things like I'm organized or I'm on time or I'm honest. They expect everyone to be that way. So your strengths have to be something that is above and beyond what, what they expect from everybody, which they expect a lot out of, out of candidates. So, mm-hmm. you know, your strengths should really be uh,
1: above, above and beyond what most people would do or so something unique. What, you know? what I said for, this is just my example, right? Was I, I can't always tell you that I'm going to be the, the smartest or, you know, the most academic, right? That That's truthful. But I can tell you that when I go to a program, I'm going to do something there that makes me different and makes the program stand out. I'm going to do something that's important because I, I hold myself to a higher standard. So that that was my answer. I don't know what I, if anybody else remembers theirs, but uh, it, it's it's just something you got to think about, and it has to be for you. You know, it, like Derek said, it's above and beyond the normal. I'm on time. I work hard. Everybody works hard. You're in medical school. You're at the end of this process. You just had boards. It's tough. You know, you you got to have something I different.
0: Think, I think one of the strengths I said is is it's actually come almost uh, mirrors what Josh said, and that is I you know I'm the kind of person that likes to think outside the box, and and you know I can provide you know different you know new insight to certain things if if
2: given the opportunity,
0: something something like that you know
2: yeah I definitely told him I had no weaknesses um. <laughs> I'm just kidding definitely don't use that answer yeah yeah, yeah. no
1: weaknesses. 100% strong
2: that's it yeah <laughs> So strengths,
0: definitely, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, you're really good at time management or whatever, it's always not a bad idea to, to have an example of why that's a strength or, or example of how
1: that can improve or, or contribute to their residency program. They like to hear stuff like that. And the same goes for a weakness. When yeah. you say a weakness, you better have a, a way that you're helping that. Working on it, yeah. yeah. If you're bad at public speaking, say that you're going to conferences and... Speaking, presenting, or you're presenting in front of other people. You try to put yourself out of the comfort zone. Yeah. You got to have a, you know, a, a, a way that you're working through it. The thing is, is they really, truly
0: don't expect you to be perfect, but, you know, don't, don't make a strength into a weakness. Don't say a weakness that is truly a very bad, like character flaw or something that's really going to kind of mark you as not
2: somebody they want,
0: you know?
1: Yeah,
2: exactly. So I definitely used one. I told them, you know, my pharmacology was really, you know, not up to par. So what I told them was I was reading, you know, pharmacological journal or, you know, an article every day to, you know, help increase my knowledge of pharmacology. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You, you have a way of, of working through it. Then that shows that you're you're at least a little introspective and, and thinking about yourself. You know, you got to try to better yourself. You're not just going to stagnate and sit there. So um, a couple other big things, um, you know, biggest challenge this, I swear you'll get asked this all the time. Um, some way that you were challenged, yeah, biggest challenge,
0: hardest, hardest thing you've ever had to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether they want to elaborate in medical school or just in life in general, um, or if you just want to elaborate on that, but you know, just have a good answer for that. Um, you know, I wouldn't say medical school is your biggest challenge. Yeah, everybody, everyone, everyone's everybody going through it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It can be something in life. Like, yeah,
0: and again, these 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 questions are great opportunities to really think before interviews and have a great scenario or a great story you can tell. I mean, when you when you are asked these questions, you should almost kind of revert to some sort of story that you can tell that has some sort of, you know, impact or memorable thing that, that when they think back about you, they remember that story. That's really what you want to do with these social questions. Yeah, and
1: please don't make this up. I've heard that before from people. <laughs> they make up stories, and it comes off, and you can just you can tell that it's not a genuine experience. Yeah. Or God forbid, they ask you more details. Yeah, about it and you just don't know. It's not. It's not a good look. So just just keep it keep it real with yourself. Yeah, I
0: mean, you shouldn't have to make up something. No, I mean, your your I, life is unique and and interesting enough. I'm sure you can find something that that no one else has done or or, or thinks about.
1: Yeah, know? exactly. And it's it's your time to to show these attendings a little bit about yourself yeah especially if you've never met them these these uh social questions are sometimes more important because they they don't know who you are what's your family background what's your academic background where what kind of person are you what kind of resident are you going to be for them that they can have in their program and and rely on you know so these are your these are your times to kind of stand out a little bit Yeah. Uh And even if you rotate it at a program,
0: I mean, it doesn't mean that, I mean, no one asks these questions usually when you're at the actual program. So, you know, these are still things that even if you were there, you still don't know. Yeah. Um, Another big thing is who's your role model? Um, I think the classic most common answer for this is some sort of family member, which I think is fine as long as it's not just my dad or my mom. You, You have to have that plus why. And it has to be a good, compelling story on why they're your role model. Um, otherwise, I would. My advice is I wouldn't say a family member or a friend or whatever. I would say somebody you know well known in the public eye. Yeah, um, you had a good answer. For yeah, years. I was. I was asked you know role model, and I said Elon Musk because he's an entrepreneur and he's not afraid of public opinion and he kind of just does what he wants to do without any you know worry and, and i said that's amendable and respectable and that's why he's my role model and the program i said that to absolutely love that answer so you know just just think outside the box um and have a good have a good role model and why they're your role model um
1: yeah definitely definitely have a reason why um You know the next one you'll get asked uh, of course is why podiatry and why this program everybody has answers for those um especially why podiatry you know tell them a little bit about your story i don't i don't know many people you know that haven't had some type of experience in the allopathic or osteopathic cycle and just gone through life thinking okay what am i going to be doing you know how did i get into podiatry you know was your family there was somebody shadowed? What yeah. happened?
0: I, you know, a lot of people in medicine in general have a have a parent who is in the same field or is in medicine in general. That's always a good fallback answer. Um, that being said, honestly, if you can find another reason besides, oh, my dad's a podiatrist or my mom's a podiatrist, I think you'll be better off when you get that question. Seems like you just kind of fell into it. Yeah, it seems like you're almost kind of just name dropping or, you know, you're just following in your, in your parents' footsteps. I mean, they want somebody who's kind of you know, doing their own thing and not because it's family, just because you want to do it and want to be there.
1: Yeah. I think that if, if you do have a family member in medicine, the f- try to find something that attracted you to podiatry or attracted you to the specific program, you know, bring it back around. Don't just say, well, my dad's a podiatrist and I've always been in his office. So I guess I just do that. No, yeah, talk about what answer. you, yeah, talk about what you really liked about it. Did you like the reconstructive side? Did you like talking to patients? Did you like the freedom of, yeah. of podiatry?
0: My my answer for this has always been I like, I, I always started out with saying I'm, I get burned out easily on, on doing the same thing over and over. And the one unique thing about podiatry is, is you don't essentially do the same thing over and over. You know, you treat all walks of life. You treat all ages, peds to, to elderly. You see all sorts of things, uh, whether it's dermatology, uh, wound care, surgery, reconstructive, trauma, I mean, the list goes on, sports medicine, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, So it keeps everything fresh, and that's what I enjoyed the most about it is you treat literally all age
1: groups and and multiple different subsets of specialties as a podiatrist. Yeah, and I I think the reason why I mentioned the why podiatry question and the why this program in, in the same breath is that they go together, right? this next three years that you're doing all this crazy stuff for and going through school and going through crip you're you're planning on what you're going to be doing right if you go somewhere and they're just doing reconstructive surgery and that's not what you want to do then then you're doing yourself a disservice so you find a place that you like that really excites you about the field and you go towards that and you're you know kind of gravitating towards
0: and, it and, and be careful kind of with this why this program Um, you know they want to make sure that you know what the program does majority wise as far as cases and, and kind of how it's set up this is really important to read up on if you've never rotated at this program or you know and you're just interviewing with them you know they want to make sure that you've actually done your research on on them as well and and for example you know if the program mostly does 4 foot procedures and you say how much you love to do you know ankle fractures or t- or total ankle yeah. replacements and they do none a year they're going to say this, they're this gonna be like an, this is like it's not the place yeah, for you this isn't a good match for you yeah. so just just make sure you know your audience for and that for that I, question
1: I think that in, in this whole situation and interviews, it's always good from what I've been told to turn, turn the questions back onto the program, ask them questions. Don't, you don't just want to be the ones as one sided. They're just asking you questions. You're answering, get involved in the conversation, create a dialogue, you know, with them that, Oh, you know, I was at your program and I saw this and I, I really like the way you did this, but have you ever done this before? Or I've read this. Have you ever seen that? What do you guys think about this? Mm-hmm. Now don't, don't, you know go on and on about what they need to be doing or if it's something different you know the director's been doing for a long time because that's not, that's not going to end well yeah. but but try to try to get involved in a dialogue so it's not just you should
0: n- you should kind of know what the program likes to do, especially what the director is, it mostly does. If if they're published, you should know kind of what they like to write the research about. And and if you can, you know, if you can drop, you know, information about their, their literature that they've written, you know, it's going to make you look better and make you
1: look more interested in the program. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be prepared. Mm -hmm. You have to be prepared. And uh, that's hard for the programs that you weren't at especially it you is. know you got to put the time in for those
0: programs if you if you actually are going to try to seriously go
1: there yeah and that if that means talking to somebody you know that was that has rotated there and seeing what they saw their month or talking to one of the residents getting in you, touch with them if you can just visit that's yeah. another good way too it shows you're interested yeah definitely visiting yeah. i mean that's that's huge in this that's how whole job game. Got
0: this, that's how josh got this program yeah i basically didn't give them a you. choice
1: I visited like eight times. I visited every month, hundred percent. This was this was my first rotation here at Westside, and that's I made up my mind. That's where I wanted to go, and uh, I pretty much just came here every month, and I, I enjoyed it, and I still do. So, um, come to visit. But yeah, definitely be prepared. Yeah.
0: Next next social question that you'll get a lot of is like, what are your professional goals, and and of course the where do you see yourself in five years. Um, this is a fairly straightforward question. You just got to basically think about what you want to, you know, what you're going to say. Um, whether that's, you want to, you know, be in private practice, you want to be in a multi-specialty group, you want to be with ortho group, you want to be a director or, you know, faculty at one of the schools. I mean, all that sort of thing you should you should kind of have in the back of your mind as far as you know where you want where you want to be in five years and, and this isn't even just good interview advice this is just good advice in general because you should have a, you should have a long-term goal and long-term plan that you're working towards always
1: yeah you got to see some kind of uh, light at the end of the tunnel here exactly. you know definitely something um, and we don't expect you to know You know, what, why, what are the benefits of working in a multi-specialty group or working in just a pure podiatry group? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be that in depth, but you, you need to know again, a little bit why, you know, do you want to start your own thing? Where you you want to
0: be location is important too, because, you know, I know that Josh, I think had this question about, you know, he was interviewing with a program in a different state from where the rest of the programs he was interviewing at, and they said, "Why this state? Why yeah. Texas or whatever?" Yeah, you know? exactly. So they
1: want to. They want to know. They'll be like, "Well, wait, you're from Florida or Georgia. Why are you interviewing here? Do you have any family here? What brought you here?" Yeah. Why? So
0: you need to have a good answer for that. Whether it's you know you have family there or you enjoy the state and you visited whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I think that uh, the professional goals are are something you'll get. It's also in prism. So you can see it, and so uh, you
0: know. Moving right along here, um, another thing you want to talk about is if they ask, is your hobbies, um, kind of what you like to do outside of work. Um, this is you know they're looking to make sure that you you know you enjoy other things besides just just surgery and medicine. Um, a lot of times students list these on their CV which I think is fine um they will they'll gravitate towards the interesting ones whether that's karate or fishing or whatever they're going to probably pick the most interesting one on the
1: list fishing
0: yeah it's very relaxing
1: yes have you tried it yeah okay I good i love fishing um yeah this was a hard one for me i really thought this was a hard question because i was i was just like studying all the time yeah <laughs> and i didn't I didn't really have time to, between traveling and studying and fishing and yeah, a lot of fishing, (laughs) we'll call it. And, uh, I just had to, I kind of went with what I, what I did on my free time, which was like, just work out a little bit, (laughs) try not to go crazy, (laughs) but yeah. So uh, think about what you, what you like, or maybe what you would do if you had more free time. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. That's always good. But Derek had a good answer. I mean, Derek likes cars. I'm sure you'll find this out in other episodes. We'll probably talk about something relating to it. But Derek loves cars and he likes working on them. He likes, you know, showing us too many pictures about cars and and just bombarding us with videos and everything. But that actually worked really well to his benefit in this program because our director also loves cars. Yeah. So go figure. Go Um, figure.
0: I knew a little bit of ba- a little bit of background about Doctor Spinner, and that he, you know, he loved he loved sports cars, and and he apparently he used to street race. Did he pay really for, to pay for school? He street raced on the weekends or some shit. Are you allowed to say that? Yeah. Well, oh, no? okay. It's, All right. Cool. Hey, man.
1: What good. was he racing?
0: Um, I can't remember some sort of a domestic muscle car back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I just see him in
1: like a big GTO, like, yeah, like Vin no, Diesel. It wasn't
0: GTO. <laughs> it was something, I think it might've been like a, like a Dodge Dart or something. I don't know. Dart. I don't
2: know. But anyway,
0: we'll, we'll have him come on and he can tell us the story. Um, but anyways, I knew he, I knew he had, <laughs> I knew, I knew he enjoyed doing that and, and was a big avid fan of it. Um, I think at the time he had a Lotus Evora yeah, bright yellow uh, Lotus, no orange, orange. but, uh, um, colorblind. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I knew that going into the interview and you know, the, it came about, they had read my, my personal statement where I said, I, you know, in my, in my downtime, I enjoyed you know, wrenching on cars basically. And that's, that's my release. That's, you know, and it's nice too, cause it, it helps, you know, keep your hand skills good. And yes. a lot of the stuff that it relates to surgery, you know, screws, bolts, nuts. I mean, oh, bolts and nuts, yeah. 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 So, you know, that was followed up with, well, if you could have any car, what would it be? And I was torn between a brand new Lamborghini and an old Porsche. And for some reason on that day, I said, I went with, I went with my gut and I said, old Porsche. And t- come to find out, I think Dr. Spinner's had like eight different Porsches at at one point. Uh, Dr. Chusted, one of the other people in the room, also had an old Porsche. So it was kind of the perfect You never answer. know. You never so you know never where know. it's going to
1: happen. But like, that's actually a good point I wanted to talk about. If you can find something that you like that is a hobby that shows that you're working with your hands, that's good. Bead making. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> like mine was, uh, mine was making mine was, necklaces. Yeah, mine was sculpting. And
2: I, I really enjoyed it. Josh also likes knitting, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've actually crocheted all these guys' uh, jackets that they're wearing Scarf, right now. Scarfs down here in Florida. Yeah, yeah, they
0: they breathe well. So uh, you should always know Thanks, your guys. your favorite case um, <laughs> from from that program. Um, and why you enjoyed it, something you learned about it, something unique. Uh, God forbid, maybe a complication that happened that you'd never seen. I mean, just things like that. that but make it positive. Of bring
1: course, it, of bring course. it back to be positive. Don't say, "Oh well, yeah, that was a really well, tough case," and you guys, patient didn't die. So. Yeah. Oh, you guys really screwed that up.
0: <laughs> well, a uh, favorite journal. Um, you should be familiar with a couple of different journals, whether you like to read, you know, literature or not. You should have definitely some some literature in the back of your
1: head and what journals you want.
2: And PM News is not a journal. Yeah. If <laughs> or Podiatry get Today. Podiatry PM today. News. PM News, yeah. yeah be, just
1: just be competent with the big ones. Yeah, peer-reviewed. Okay?
0: If you want to yeah. list Foot and Ankle International, uh, JFAS, uh, JBJS, Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery. Yeah, um, Those are probably my favorites. Yeah. JAPMA. JAPMA's okay. Yeah, for so, medicine. Yeah. yeah.
1: So just, just keep that in mind. Uh, you definitely want to have an idea because you'll get asked it. And last but not least... Um, kind of a classic thing to know is is to have a joke yeah tell us a joke
0: tell us a joke and this is this is actually kind of a hard question to answer you you obviously need to have one ready it can't be too raunchy or dirty yeah but you gotta know, read
1: the room guys read the room yeah. read the room if
0: you have right. a bunch of you know older southern reserve people in
1: the room you know yeah. you want to stick to something kind of light and you know pg Yeah, just keep it keep it pg yeah if you know the people really well and you've told them jokes and you've joked around with them and you you feel comfortable then maybe you can go out on a little limb just um, be careful with but, this one but be careful yeah I d- you don't do want to blow your shot on does, a stupid joke does anybody have a good one that they can share uh, i can't share any of mine uh, yeah i can't share any of mine either <laughs> um so you'll have to message us privately <laughs> and for those. and they're
0: really <laughs> lame too
1: yeah, um, I mean that that's that's something that you can you can kind of work out and uh, Google, you know, give it to the Googles and see what yeah. what you come up with. Talk
0: with your friends too, you know. As long as you guys aren't all rotating at the same
1: program, that asks for jokes, you should be fine. I did want to say one thing about the, these social questions. You will get asked to be put in some very weird situations, right? Like I was I was told, okay, you're in a case and the resident cuts the sural nerve and you see it and he tells you don't tell the residency director whatever (laughs) you do okay don't tell anybody and you're in in a weird spot right and the residency director comes back you see the patient in clinic they have numbness and they're like well what happened in the surgery did anything happen are we okay and the resident says yeah we're fine what do you do yeah do you you, you snitch on them and they're like putting you in a corner you know what do you do what do you do this baby in the corner yeah I don't know. I
0: had the exact same type of scenario. It's like an ethics type question yeah. where you know you're doing a tarsal tunnel release on the medial ankle and you transect tibial nerve. You try to repair it the best you can, and there's still problems. Um, and the the director tells you to leave it out of the dictation. What do you do? You
1: know, yeah, so. I don't. What do you guys think you do? What's the right answer?
0: Well, if it's an attending, you can always a good answer is always run it by your director because your director's kind of your your. Safeguard. Oh, you're saying if you're a resident. If you're a resident, you yeah. run it. You run it by your
1: your director. Hundred percent.
0: That's the good answer to do.
1: If you're if you're a student, I don't think there's anything wrong in talking to the resident first, and seeing like what their what their protocol is, what they are thinking, if they've already talked to the director or whoever was the attending in the case, and if you're just really uncomfortable, you know, I, I mean, talk to them. Talk to the attending. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not saying to to call them out. But if you really feel strongly about it and you feel like this is just like, this is wrong, they should know. I mean, you got to go to the source and you got to talk to the person that actually did it. So, yeah, just, just always stray on the side of being morally sound and yeah. morally ethical. Yeah. And, you and you'll be okay. Decision. You'll be okay on these
0: ethical questions. They're usually not too challenging, um, they just can catch you off guard.
1: You'll get weird questions. I got one mm-hmm. weird question about like, here, I give you $5 and you're going to go to Whole Foods and get me some chocolate milk. Do you give me the change you need, back? You need more money. You give me, that's what I said. I said <laughs> I could. No, he said it was something like I give you five dollars and I want chocolate milk and we're in clinic. Go get me chocolate milk. Do you give me the change back? I was like, well, depends. I could go get you five dollars worth of chocolate milk and not give you any change or I could go get you, you know, Damn. just a, one carton. It depends that's a what you weird want. question. Yeah,
0: it's weird. Two two really good interview questions that I've heard, and fortunately no one asked me at Crips, but that they're just kind of funny, is one is if you were an animal in the jungle, what animal would you be and why? Oh, and that's I, cool. And I think that the most common answer is the lion, and I don't think they want a lion. I think that's a trick. And another one is if you're a piece of furniture.
1: Well, lions don't live in the jungle. They live in the
0: Sahara. Sahara. Sahara jungle. Eh,
1: it's more like listen. grassland.
0: I've seen Jungle Book.
1: Yeah. it's a tiger it's not a work with we work with Mowgli. that's true we do work with Mowgli. one of our co-residents got lost in the jungle when he was a baby in sri lanka (laughs) so he's got a great story yeah Yeah, i mean that's good for him great great personal story yeah unfair Uh, the
0: other question is if you were a piece of furniture what what piece of furniture would you be none i don't want to be sat on you'd be a chair
1: i don't want to be sat on (laughs) (laughs) why would they ask Uh, you what type of
0: furniture would be
1: no clue man honestly um you know, special uh, type of instrument. If you Ooh. if you could be any surgical instrument, what would you be? That's a good one, yeah. Scalpel, 100%. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Mallet. Mallet? Yeah. Yeah, you're dull, yeah. like a mallet. Well, I'm strong.
0: <laughs> like bull. Um, another good one is, what's your favorite bone? Yeah. Um, I think I said fifth metatarsal. Really? <laughs> why? <laughs> well, why not,
1: man? I don't know. Mine would be the talus. Yeah. No it's muscle. Cool. No muscle attachments no, to No, don't need it. Don't need it. Um, yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. Yeah,
0: don't don't worry about those. You know, preparing for those, just just kind of roll with it when you get them. Um, yeah, and there's think, no right or wrong yeah. answer, and you can take a pause to think about it. They don't expect you to just know these weird questions off the top of your head.
1: No, and don't don't, don't treat it like you, like Derek said. Like you have to answer right away. Yeah, this is a time for you to kind of show your personality. Yeah, if if you have some. You know, if you got some left, just
0: be honest with them. Yeah, have a good reason.
1: Have a have a good reason and have a good time with those those types of questions. Yeah,
0: and you'll be fine. So, so a couple last last things is you know you're you're obviously going to get questions that you don't know. Um, I think we'll all kind of take turns here as far as how you want to respond to that. Um, I don't know is an okay answer. Obviously, you don't want to just keep saying I don't know after every question. That's a bad look. Um, but if you truly don't know something, I think, you know, I speak for most of us where I say, don't, don't answer something that you know is wrong. If you can say some information that is right, but maybe it's not exactly what they're looking for, but it's still kind of in the same ballpark. That's always a good answer. Good fallback is, you know, I'm not quite sure about that particular thing, but I do know this, this, and this, and this is what I know.
1: Yeah. If they're asking you about a, uh, a head procedure for a bunion, don't go talking about ankle fractures. You know what I mean? Keep it keep it in the same realm. If you're not sure if you just draw a blank, you know, well, I don't know how to fixate this, but I know that AO principles tell me to do this. You know, always find um, a way to bring it back to something that, you know, and if you just flat out don't know, just say, you know, I don't know. I I have to look it up. And if you're going to look it up, you better get back to them. I would a hundred percent. I wouldn't say I'd would look it up. It's kind of too late at that point. I well, feel like- I think that if you say you're going to look it up in the interview, and then you get them an email immediately after, you go find them, you know, and say, "Hey, this is I missed this. This is the answer to the question." You know, blah blah blah. That's that's I think shows more. That's not going to happen a ton. Yeah. You're going to think about it, and you're going to you're going to remember it. But that's what I would do. So what do you think, Jerry?
2: Yeah. You got to be a hundred percent honest. You can't make up anything. Um, like Josh and Derek have been saying, just be honest about the answer and try to bring it back to something you do know. And if you do not know it, go ahead and say, I do not know, but this is, you know, go on and say, this is what I do know about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you can't, uh, can't kind of fool the people in the room. Remember that you're dealing with a lot of years of experience in the director's, and a very few years of experience with the residents, yeah. but they'll see right through it. Yeah. And just obviously know, they know the right answer. Yeah. They're yeah. looking for something. So they've prepared for this too. Exactly, Like the residents that go to this and like us, we're going, we're, we're well prepared on what we yeah, ask. We're going to be experts as much as we can on what we're asking so that we can put you through the, the best test possible yeah. and, uh, and go through it and you're going to have a bad interview. Definitely. So just prepare yourself, um, you know, learn how to recover during an interview.
0: And then after the interview, you know, don't fixate on it. Otherwise the rest of your interviews that day, or maybe the whole event are going to be bad. You know, you got to learn to just kind of roll with the punches, you know, let
1: it slide and just keep going. Yeah. Think about a bad interview as somebody just gave you answers to questions that you didn't know. Right. You have a bad interview and they say, no, it's actually this great. Now you know the answer to that question. Now you can take it to another interview and kind of, you know, wow them with your answer. Because it'll happen. There's only so many ways to skin a cat here. There's only so many ways that you can answer about a met fracture or, or an ankle fracture. Or maybe somebody tells you something you didn't know and you pull that out, you look it up, and uh, and then bring it into the other interview and uh, really wow somebody. So just prepare yourself. Yeah. It'll happen. Don't yeah. Don't think that nobody has a bad interview. Yeah. Yeah. And, and make sure you get an appropriate distance away from the room before you start crying yeah i don't i was in one room <laughs> I, w- I came out of one room and this this girl started she just ran out of the room and i was coming in and she was going out and i mean it was like oh my god what happened in there and it turned out to be a good interview for me but yeah and then josh cried afterwards her. Yeah. obviously not for her yeah obviously not for her yeah i mean you know if you got to cry to release a little stress chair you got to do yeah. that okay buddy you got to do what you got to do.
2: But don't let a bad interview get you down, though, because you, you got to think you ha- might have six, seven more interviews afterwards. So you got to get yourself back together and prepare for the next interview Yeah, and stay positive. You know,
1: I know some people that had bad interviews and they still got the program just because they liked them so much and they understood that this was a hard situation. They purposely made the interview so hard that they knew everybody was going to fail and they still got the program because they liked it. And they like that. So there's
0: even a program, I won't say any names, but there's a program that, that's probably a good idea. That will actually set you down with a resident and have you take like a fifty question test before they even grant you an interview at Crips. Like this all occurs at Crips. That's insane. So there's some weird weird stuff out there. Um I think lastly though, we want to talk about kind of the question that most students dread is where are you going to rank us? That's kind of one of these questions that a lot of times will pop up at the end, end of your interview, especially if you had a good interview, they kind of want to gauge kind of how interested you are. So a lot of programs will be like, you know, you know, what's your number one pick, which, you know, they're not supposed to be able to ask you this stuff. Um, but then again, no student who likes a program is going to rat that program out. But you know, that is a kind of a common question is where are you going to rank us? Or even where do you, where do you see yourself going to residency? They may try to beat around the bush, but this is always a hard one to answer. Yeah. Where do you
1: want to go? You know, and I, I feel like that is your, um, kind of like that's your trick that's that, your ticket to say your, like this yeah. is this is the this program is the wanna I want to be at. And
0: yeah. if it's not your number one pick, you kind of like we had already talked about, kind of, you know, you wanna you wanna stay positive. I love this wanna, place. Exactly. I love this
1: program. You guys are, are incredible, you know, doctors and I, I would be lucky to be at this program and learn from you. Yeah. That's always your answer if Killer you're answer. on the if you're on the fence. Yeah. I would love to be here. That tells them that you like it without being number one. But I feel like the number one thing is your trump card. If you like a place, be like, "This is where I want to be. I've come here. I visited. I know what I'm getting into. I I like the atmosphere and the um, the whole experience. And this is my number one program. If you come out strong with that and you know you ha- just had a good interview, I I feel like that's a trump card for you. Yeah. But, now, obviously, if you had a bad interview, yeah, don't probably. <laughs> probably not a great idea no i mean you don't want to get into the we've we've had situations where we've heard stories of people like begging and being Mm -hmm. like oh i'm so sorry i'm this and that and it just you don't want to you don't want to do that it's not it's not a good look for you in 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 that way you know you just want to kind of end it on a on a decent note if you've had a bad interview kind of pull yourself back up you know what do you think Jar? anything else to add
2: no, I think you guys hit it pretty much on the spot. You guys just got to, you know, be true to yourself. Pick your number one. Um, that's for sure. So I had problem picking, you know, between my one and two who I was going to rank. And I was just true where I wanted to be. And definitely uh, stay positive if the program asks you where you're going to rank us. Yeah, and we'll,
1: we're going to talk about uh, rankings and all that. Yeah. in uh future, future episodes, episodes. Yeah. uh so that i think concludes this nice and long episode here about crip um again email us follow us um our email is uh the dpm podcast at gmail.com and follow us at uh on Castbox, itunes and uh on facebook and uh, please send us any questions uh, for a Q&A. Hopefully we can have a really good uh, Q&A session uh, coming up here after we get these released and answer any anything that you might be uh, worried about.